Hi, it's Hal Anderson. Thanks for checking out the daily podcast for my show, Connecting Winnipeg. And if you can, please listen live weekdays from 10 to noon on 680 CJOB. Right now, let's talk to a downtown restaurant that is closing. But first, this from Kate Fenske at Downtown Biz. To date, more than 75 businesses have closed downtown since the pandemic began. We are still seeing two businesses close for every one that opens. Every business that opens, two are closing. 75 have closed so far. And a business that will close this week is Nathan Detroit Sandwich Pad. One of the owners, Brindley Amron, joins us now. Brindley, good morning. Good morning, Hal. Thank you for having me. Well, I've told you off air, I'll tell you on air, I'm really uh, sad to see Nathan Detroit's go after a 40-year run, four decades in downtown Winnipeg. And today you were going to do a lunch, and then tomorrow a final lunch from 11 to 1, just to give people a chance to say goodbye and come and enjoy a, a bowl of your great soup or one of your sandwiches for the final time. And then there was a fire in the concourse, where you're located under Portage and Maine, and the Richardson building is shut down, and now you're not going to be able to open today. That's right. I mean, hey, things happen out there, and we're just, uh, our thoughts are with the restaurant owners, the, the small business that's out there having to deal with this directly. It's affecting their livelihood, and we're hoping that it's short-term, but, you know, we've already uh, made our decisions. They're, they're still trying to look after every last guest that comes into the restaurant and how how important that is, especially in today's world at uh, Port of Janine. Will you be able to open tomorrow, or do you know yet? Well, we have our fingers crossed. Um, we All the tenants have been officially told as of this morning that they hope to open by this evening, but there's just so much unknown. So we're, we're fluid, and we're going to just make it happen as soon as we possibly can. We hope that we will get the opportunity to open this week. But if not, we'll figure it out. And as you know, Hal, we've talked about this. We just learned to handle hard better. <laughs> handle hard better. I played the audio. You shared it with me, uh, the Duke uh, coach, women's basketball coach. And, and, you know, easy doesn't exist, right? You just have to get better at handling hard. And you're right. These are, are difficult times. I know how sad it's been, you know, for you to close this restaurant, you and your sister and your mom, that, that restaurant that's been there for, for so long. I played the clip of Kate Fenske saying that, you know, for every restaurant or, or business that opens downtown now, uh, two are closing. 75 have closed so far. I, I'm curious to know, what do you think the future of downtown is going to be like? I, I, you know, even if you were able to weather the storm a bit longer, I, I really wonder about the future of downtown Winnipeg with, I think, fewer people going downtown. I, I, I get the feeling that that's just going to be a fact. Now, that's my opinion, but I don't know how some of these businesses are going to survive or, or even why somebody would necessarily want to consider opening a business downtown good for them i've I've got an entrepreneurial uh, entrepreneurial spirit myself but i i do worry about the future of downtown yeah i mean i agree with everything you're saying there helen i share your worries um i hope that winnipeg can persevere and i know we're we're the same yet so different than many other downtowns um there's going to be some great opportunities though because you're going to have many places that are closing and you're going to get a 
an entrepreneur with perhaps some deep pockets or some deep backings that can come in and take over some existing infrastructure and perhaps have a, uh, a plan for something maybe smaller, maybe more friendly when it comes to um, looking after the few as opposed to relying on the masses. Um, there'll be some, some good opportunities, some inexpensive perhaps rents, some, in, again, taking over some already already uh, established infrastructure, and hopefully that'll help to rejuvenate and regenerate some of the downtown. But until there's more people, um, it's pretty hard. We don't have the people living downtown that some of the other bigger centres do. So that's, you know, and any of that momentum that was starting prior to COVID, I believe from my experience, has really halted. So without having people downtown working, without having people downtown uh, living, um, it's going to be tough on those businesses. I mean, we're even seeing uh, services like dental offices struggling by us because people have chosen to go to the dental office close to their home. They're not coming downtown, parking their vehicles and going to the dentist. It makes sense. So I think Uh, downtown Winnipeg has a big upwards climb. I love your optimism, and and I hope I hope you're right. Uh, I hope the downtown can survive and thrive, and and one day be as bustling as it's been uh, in the past. I, I want to celebrate your restaurant a little bit here today, though. And it's sad that it's closing, and many people are texting and emailing right now, saying, "Oh, what a sad story." It is sad, but I I want to celebrate the business because it was great and it lasted over 40 years why did it do so well for so long oh that's an easy one to answer because winnipeg has the greatest people we have uh the the the, oh wow i get choked up thinking about it the people that we have met and that have supported us from day one when my dad took over and knew nothing about the restaurant business all he knew about was food and people and from that day till, oh gosh, till today to this minute and hopefully ongoing, um, it's just always been about the people. The people like yourself, Hal, that you know, enjoyed our food and we've made friends with over the years. The people that we have met traveling that yell across a, a platform, hey, can I get a corned beef mild? Um, the people that have supported us uh in coming into the restaurant and ordering for their firms in supplying the restaurant is the people we come home to every night to tell about the good things and the bad. I mean, it's just about the people of Winnipeg and the people that we've met here. Uh, they've supported us. We support them. It's like welcoming people into your home. And that's going to be the biggest thing. This has felt like home for us um, to quote some of our uh, former staff, you know, it's their home too. I mean, we just—that's what—that's what made us successful. Welcoming people in general. We had somebody walk out without paying once, and they called from Toulon, Manitoba, and my dad answered the phone, and they were horrified that they hadn't paid. And this is long before credit cards were a thing to just tap and give over the phone. And he was so honored that they felt so comfortable that they could just walk out the door and not think that they were in a restaurant and had to pay. Um, it's all about the people. Mm-hmm. 
And as you said, they have supported you and, and your sister, your mom and your dad. They have supported Nathan Detroit's over the years. You have also done a lot of good in the community, and I think this is great. You are starting up, or you already have established, a legacy fund with the Winnipeg Foundation. Explain what this is all about. Well, I mean, as I, uh, as everybody knows, Winnipeg has been so good to us, to our family, um, and we try to give back every day, and the thought of not being able to do so through Nathan Detroit's once we do close for good um, didn't sit well with any of us. So in brainstorming a little bit, uh, we came up with this idea. The Winnipeg Foundation gives so much to Winnipeg and beyond. Um, they're neighbors of ours in the Richardson building, and it just made sense. So it gives us and anybody else who wants to the ability to contribute, to continue to tribute and to contribute, sorry, and to do well in the city. And I mean, they have literally hundreds and hundreds of different organizations that they help. So it just makes sense. It's a great idea. And it's easy to find the Winnipeg Foundation. And as you said, you know, some people might feel the, uh, might want to send flowers, you know, knowing that the restaurant is closing down, make a donation to that legacy fund instead. And, and then the great work that you have done in the community can continue. And, and Nathan Detroit's can continue to do what it's done for 40 years. That's, that's our hope and that's our plan. Thank you, Hal. I love it. Brenly, uh, I hope you can open up tomorrow. Uh, keep us posted. I would encourage people to go on social media, Nathan Detroit's all over social media, uh, to get updates. But I hope you get to open up uh, uh, tomorrow. If you do open tomorrow, will that then be it, or will you uh, take today's uh, unfortunate event of not being able to open and, and maybe extend it a day to Thursday, or, or will it just be tomorrow if you're lucky enough to open tomorrow? If we're lucky enough to open tomorrow, at this point, I think that will be be able to extend it to Thursday. The challenge comes with fresh product, and we just refuse to do anything but the high-quality product that we use. Um, so, yes, I mean, I we hope to be able to extend it to Thursday, but we will um, we will put it all over social media, and I for sure will let you know how once yeah. we, we know ourselves. Um, Let me know. If I could, uh, if I could leave you with one thing, Hal, I just really want to hijack uh, my niece's line and uh, say that Nathan's will forever be a part of the Airman story. Thank you, thank you to everyone who has made this possible. Winnipeg, you're the best. Brindley. All the best. Uh, the Yamron family has been fantastic at Portage in Maine with Nathan Detroit's for over 40 years, and I wish you and your sister and your mom and the entire family all the best. Thank you. Thank you very much, Hal. Have yourself a great day. Right now, the big guy himself, Mr. Jim Goche, joins us. Mr. Goche, good morning. Good morning, Hal. How are you? I am excellent. How are you? I think about you every once in a while. Oh, great. Yeah, no, I'm feeling feeling great. Getting Good. around, going out to the cottage quite a bit. And, and uh, fortunately, we don't have the summer I wish we had, but I'm taking advantage of what we do have. No kidding. Yeah. Well, it's great to chat with you. And I know you listen every day. I know you're a fan of the show, so I'm happy to have you on. Uh, and return the favor. You, one of your dealerships, we've heard uh, since uh, the situation in Ukraine, 
We've heard about this organization locally, Sleep in Heavenly Peace. And one of your dealerships is hosting this organization this week. Is it tomorrow? And, and which dealership? And tell us about this. Okay, yeah. So we, we've uh, joined forces with Sleep in Heavenly Peace, which is a, uh, a, uh, a charity. Uh, and Winnipeg Chapter is made up of 20 core group members. And they uh, build beds for the uh, people that cannot afford them. Uh, and in this particular case, uh, our Chevrolet dealership at 1400 Phillips, uh, at, uh, starting at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, is going to be making 40 beds uh, on site. And uh, we're looking for volunteers. We have a lot of volunteers so far, but if you'd like to come down, uh, we're going to make these beds, and they are going to be donated on behalf of the Gochiata Group to the Ukrainian refugees coming in from Ukraine. So this uh, Sleep in Heavenly Peace organization is very, very uh, involved in making beds. Uh, they're doing it all the time. Uh, they've done uh, hundreds and hundreds of beds so far for the Winnipeg area. And now we're going to do this for the Ukrainian refugees. And this is an impressive operation. I'm, I'm going to come... And I just want to—I I mean, help out if I can. But I, I want to see these these people in action because they've got this down to a science, don't they? Yes, they sure do. Yes, and uh, you know they've got uh, companies, Winnipeg companies, donating the mattresses and the wood and uh, uh, the uh, the uh, equipment that they require. So they're. They're very, very astute, and they're they're very dedicated. This is a uh, they have 293 chapters across U.S., Canada, Barbados, and the Bahamas. Uh, so it's it's world worldwide, no, wide worldly known. And uh, again, uh, we're so happy to be able to do it uh, in Winnipeg, uh, especially for our Ukrainian uh, folks that are coming in. To stay here with us while the war is on, and as you know, the north end of Winnipeg is a great Ukrainian population, so we're we're very dedicated to them. Mm-hmm. What you know? What you have done this your entire life. Why is it so important for you to give back to the community like this? I, I don't think I've been involved in an organization, and I do a lot of this myself. I, I don't think I've been involved with an organization, a charity, fundraiser, an event without you either playing a very public role or you're behind the scenes making things happen. Why is this so important to you? Well, you know, Cal, the Gochi family has been very, very grateful to what Winnipeg has done for our family. Uh, we've been in business now 55 years here in Winnipeg, and we, we've all benefited from it. And we just feel that we we must give back to the community which has supported us for the last 55 years. And that's why, you know, it's a great feeling when you can give back, and we are able to do that, thank God. So, again, it gives me a great feeling to be able to do it. Uh, We support an awful lot of charities, and uh, my late wife, Joyce, was very involved in the Humane Society, uh, and we've given tremendously to that cause and to other causes, and Again, it's a great feeling to be able to be in a position to do that. Yeah, guide—I mean, guide dogs at CNIB. The list is long. We we could spend the rest of the show talking about all the good that you've done in in the community. And, and you know what? At, I find that at your dealerships, Mister Goche, it goes right down 
um, uh, to the you know crew that's washing the car, right from your general managers all the way down. How do you, how do you get a staff to buy in like that? Well, you know, Cal, you got to treat the people right, which we do. We've got people that have been working for us for forty years, and uh, I, I grew up in the car business, and uh, I think I, I can relate to them, uh, not as their boss, but as their friend. And I understand each one of their jobs because I've done them all. I started mm-hmm. when I was a car jockey, and I worked my way up. Uh, I'm, uh, I've done every job that my people, I expect them to do. So when I'm talking to them, they know what I'm talking about, and I understand their position as well. Sure. What time do you want people there tomorrow to volunteer? I've got people already texting me saying they're coming. So uh, what time do you want them there? And give us the address again. People probably know the dealership on on McPhillips, but give us the details. Yeah, we're going to start at 10 o'clock. So if they could come here around 9, 930, and uh, Jim Thiessen uh, will be in charge. He is with Heavenly Peace, and uh, we'll start building at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. Excellent talking to you, Mr. Gauthier. Have a great day and have a big, successful day tomorrow building beds. Thanks a lot, Cal. I appreciate it. Jim Gauthier, the big guy himself, sleep in heavenly peace, building beds tomorrow at the dealership on McPhillips. Johnny says, Hal, I'm taking my two daughters to build beds tomorrow. It's our second time helping out the cause, sleep in heavenly peace. Johnny says the girls are excited to be doing that tomorrow building beds for ukrainian refugees 